The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Appreciate it. We are in a series entitled Fruit, and we're looking at the nine fruit of the Spirit that Paul lists in Galatians chapter 5. And the beautiful thing about this list that Paul offers here in uh, chapter 5 is that he In this chapter, he talks about a list of vices, and then he talks about a list of virtues that we refer to as the fruit. With the vices, he refers to them as the works of the sinful nature, or the works of the flesh. But with the fruit, with the the virtues, he refers to them as fruit, not works, not things that we work at to try to make ourselves better. They are the fruit that grow out of a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what this whole series is all about. The basic idea here is hopefully we would become more familiar with these nine fruit and they would be bouncing around in our heads more so that when we get in a rut in life, we can look at these nine things and we can think, okay, what's happening in these areas? And perhaps that will direct us back to the root to find out what's going on in my relationship with Christ. That's why the hope is that we would memorize these and that's why we've uh, really tried to annoy you with uh, this here. Little Jenny Piccolo plays killer guitar for Granny Smith. Wah! You got the womp part. Let's do the rest of it together. Together. You can read it on the screen together. Ready? Little Jenny Piccolo plays killer guitar for Granny Smith. Wah! Good. I had somebody between services say, uh, Alan, you know, the series is, is working or whatever. He said, but what's really annoying is that I've actually memorized that phrase, and it really bothers me throughout the week. So, so it's just a way to try to let those letters help us remember these, uh, these fruit of the Spirit. We can kind of bounce them, around, um, uh, bounce them around in our heads. So let's lose the screen, please, so that you don't cheat. So what's the first fruit that we talked about? L- love, wub. And Juno talked about this, and this is where you you can look at the fruit of your life. Are you showing love to others? Do you really love yourself? Do you love your God? And the second fruit is joy. It's inevitable that there are joyless moments in life, sometimes big chunks of life that are joyless. But are there also joyful experiences that balance out how we get through this journey called life? And then the third fruit is peace. Life is full of uncertainty, and it's how we respond to uncertainty that determines how our root system is. That if we respond with anxiety all the time, then that's not the fruit that God wants us to experience. The fruit that he wants us to experience when we experience uncertainty is peace. Even in the midst of this uncertainty, I'm doing okay. I trust and love my God. And the fourth fruit that we're looking at this morning is patience. And I thank you for your patience uh, during the blackout. Uh, and uh, and when I was younger, I, we sang this song in church. I kind of was, was somewhat a part of a church that was across the street from my house. And, and they, with the kids, they did this, a series on the fruit. And there was a song that went with this particular one. It was, uh, have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry when you get impatient. You always start to worry. Thank you. I can dance more. Uh, <laughs> There's more in there. So anyway, it was just this song about a turtle who, uh, who was going too fast. And then his dad said, have patience. Have. Yeah, okay. So it kind of lowered. The, and, and usually when we think of patience, that's the kind of thing that we think about. We think about not hurrying. 
We think about being in line. We think about how do we respond when somebody has, has cut into what we're trying to accomplish in the day. We think about automated telephone services. When you call and they say, is this the number that you're calling about? Yes. I'm sorry, I could not understand your response. Is this the number that you're calling about? Yes! That kind of, ah! And I'm okay, I'm okay. But, but I mean, so it's, then, the, no, then the machine responds and says, oh, I'm sorry, but you seem to be rather irate. I'm going to send you to other, or whatever the thing might go. Typically, when we think about patience, we think about a four-letter word, time. Typically, when we think about patience, we think about how our time is affected by people or by the circumstances around us. That's a good thing. It's a relevant thing. It is, it is good and virtuous to handle those situations well. But I think that has more to do with peace than it does to do with patience. I believe that what Paul is talking about here in this list of virtues, in this list of fruit, is something specific. And, and I believe it's something that uh, some of you here in this room are not going to want to hear this morning. Okay? Just kind of buckle up. Brace yourselves. Because... The Bible talks about the patience of God. There are a number of times when the Bible talks about the patience of God. And when, if we think about God having to deal with patience, he doesn't worry about time. So anything that gets in the way of his timing, that's not where God needs patience. So we have to kind of slip away from that understanding of patience. Scripture says that for God, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. Peter says this in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says that, and then in the verse immediately following that, he says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. And by promise, Peter is referring to a judgment day. A day where there will be a judgment on God's people. He's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, patience has to do with people who have wronged, with people who have wronged us. That's what patience has to do with. In the Old Testament, God is referred to as patient, and, and, and they use this phrase consistently that God is slow to anger. Uh, in the Psalms, repeatedly says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Patience has to do with how we respond to those who have wronged us. How we respond to those who need forgiveness from us. How patient are we with those we struggle with? That's what this is uh, stirring up here. That's what Paul is referring to here when he talks about, when he talks about patience. Now, I want to take a look at a, at a story uh, this morning that probably wouldn't have been your, your first pick with regard to a story about patience, and we're going to take a look at it in Matthew chapter 18. If you brought your Bibles, and hopefully you did, Matthew chapter 18. Open up there. We're going to spend the rest of our time on a story there. Beginning in verse 21. Just prior to this section in Matthew 18 is a section that we've referred to around here before as the Matthew 18 principle. And in Matthew 18, right in the middle, prior to verse 21, are, are these verses 
where Jesus makes it very clear that if somebody has wronged you, this is the path you go to. You don't gossip about it. You don't talk about them behind their back. You go directly to the person. Here's how to handle those you believe have wronged you. It's a very important principle, the Matthew 18 principle. It's about how we deal with those who have wronged us. Immediately following that, Jesus is asked a question by Peter. Incidentally, the same one who wrote that verse that I read before about about God's patience. Peter says in verse 21, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Now let me first acknowledge that Peter is doing what we greatly value around here, and that is asks questions. We have what we call the seven sanawats. Talked about them about a month ago or so. That if you are at a place of saying, okay, I'm in, I'm in. I want to grow in my relationship with Christ as a part of this community. So now what? Seven sanawats, the uh, A through G, and letter A is ask questions. No question is is inappropriate. Ask questions. It stirs up things in you. It, it, it creates a stronger community for us. Ask questions. And Peter asks a great question. How many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? And, and the answer, uh, it typically uh, in the Jewish faith, as people would ask these, they would, be, they would ask rabbis this question, kind of common. And the typical answer at this time was three. That was typically the answer. You, you, you forgive three times. The fourth time, you no longer need to forgive. That was kind of typically what was happening. So what Peter was doing when he said up to seven, <laughs> is he was kind of showing off a little bit. He was saying, okay, Jesus, I know you're gracious, and so you probably want to go beyond the three or the four. I'm going to go seven. <sighs> kind of you know, impress everyone around me. And then Jesus responds, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And Jesus is not saying count. He's not saying keep tabs, have a little thing with you, and say, okay, that was 43, 43. Kind of working on it. We'll see what happens once we get into the 70s. He is not saying that. The number seven throughout Scripture represents completeness. So when Jesus says 77, it truly means very complete. I mean, it means, it, means, uh, uh, it means infinity is what it means. It means you just continue to offer forgiveness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. In other words, when he is, is watching us continue to walk away from him, continue to deny him, continue to go years without embracing his love for us, he continues to be patient with us. He is slow to anger. God is patient, slow to anger. Now, what do we say when we get angry? We say that we're losing our what? We're losing our patience. Now, some, you could say you're losing your temper, losing your mind, whatever, but with this topic this morning, what I want to, sometimes we say, I'm losing my patience. I'm losing my patience with you. And how often does that really work out for us? Not, not really often to lose our patience in a situation. Here's a video clip that you may have seen before.
You got to love that. You got to love that. Kind of cheer. Woohoo! <laughs> One for the mature lady. It's fabulous. Um, it's so often that losing our patience puts us in a situation that would not be our first pick, right? Uh, last year, my wife and I, we bought something from Pottery Barn. We bought a nice piece of, piece of furniture from Pottery Barn. That's not a typical journey for us. But we decided, let's go for it. It came with free delivery. Well, it took quite a while to get to us. So we've had, I had email and phone conversations going through the automated service, finally getting to a person, that whole kind of deal. And it went from, it will definitely be there on Monday. Sorry, uh, now it'll be Friday at the latest. Okay, that didn't happen. Well, it's coming from the East Coast, so there's some problems there, and so we'll get there as soon as we can. Okay, that uh, took a while longer after that. Well, now it's in L.A. It should be there quickly. Well, you know how it goes, the usual stuff. Well, I called up, talked to customer service, was talking to a lady. And in this conversation, the temperature of our conversation started to bump up a little bit. Now, sometimes with customer service, you, you can go do one of these and, and the other person stays calm. But this time, we both kind of played a little I-can-match-you game a little bit as we were bumping up. Because for me, I was thinking, I was lied to. You told me Friday at the latest, and then, you know, that kind of journey, we're going back and forth. Well, we're starting to do this, and then I was reminded that, you know, anger in this situation is not going to help anything. I am quite confident I'm not going to get anywhere with this. So I just completely turned the table. She kind of stayed up here a little bit, and I just, and I just said, you know what? Uh, this was a unique time where we did not order from a discount furniture store. We ordered from Pottery Barn, and so I just expected that customer service would be better than this. And so that's just my expectation. Then we ended the conversation. You know how sometimes they say, this call may be recorded for the purpose of da, da, da. Well, this call actually was. And uh, somehow our conversation got on to the desk of somebody's boss's boss's boss. And, and so that, that uh, woman high up in uh, Pottery Barn called me up and said, uh, hello, Mr. Allen Fuller, you know. And, uh, and she calls up and says, it'll be there tomorrow. It's on a plane, uh, direct flight, one day delivery. It'll be in your house. Plus, we'll give you $300 gift certificate. You can buy anything you want from Pottery Barn, that kind of thing. Sometimes, sometimes being slow to anger can be beneficial. You know what I'm talking about? Those of you, you know, when you're dealing with police, when you're dealing with a moving violation, those kinds of things, being angry is not going to help your case very much when you're dealing with customer service stuff. Sometimes losing our patience is not going to move us in the direction that we want to go. I, I think it's, it's important as we look at, at this word in Paul's list of fruit, that this word patience is a word that is a little harder to translate than some of the other words. You can look at any translation of the Bible, and love is going to be the same, joy is going to be the same, peace is going to be the same. But on this fourth one, patience is sometimes interpreted differently. If you have a new King James or a King James version of the Bible, it's going to be interpreted as long-suffering. That's another way that this word is interpreted. Now, that probably wouldn't be our first thought in terms of what patience means, but this captures more about what Paul means here. It's not just about us being inconvenienced. It's about how we respond to those who have wronged us. And Paul is saying here that patience is about suffering with those who irritate us, those who have hurt us, longer than what we would like to, longer than what we would naturally choose to. 
Now that's the part of this message that some of you are not... Okay, Jesus answers Peter's question and then he tells a story to help paint this picture about what patience means. Verse 23. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants as he began the settlement. A man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. 10,000 talents, that's a lot of cash. That's the equivalent of $20 million. $20 million. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. It still would have no way covered the debt, but it would have been all that they could possibly have done to chip away at the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. This would have blown away those who were hearing this. This would, this would have been, you know, Jesus sets a standard that they have never even come close to when Jesus tells this story. It'd be like saying to the executives at Enron a few years back, just go ahead and clear it out. You're all right. We'll just clear it out. We're fine. We're fine. Millions and millions of dollars. The king was patient with the servant. This is a beautiful picture of the story of Jesus. This is the picture of Jesus because we come before God owing way more than we could ever pay back as a result of our sin, as a a result of our perpetual mistakes that we make in life. All have sinned and fallen way short of the glory of God. We are way short of being able to pay back to God what we owe him. And as a result of the work of Jesus on the cross, that's how God, through Christ, is allowed to say, you're clear, you're free, you owe me nothing. That is the picture, that is the gospel message. God is patient. He is long-suffering. He suffers so greatly as he watches us year after year stumble and trip and and make self-destructive decisions. It's so similar, for those of you who are parents, it's so similar to watching your kids make mistakes that you have tried to steer them against, but they keep on doing it over and over and over again. And maybe you have, have older children who continue to make, year after year, they make self-destructive decisions. How painful is that? That is long-suffering. And so the question is, how long do you respond with grace to that? How long does your patience roll with that kind of a situation? How long do you continue to give another chance to forgive again, to welcome in again? How many times... 77. Somebody is right on this morning. Exactly. 77 times. Love, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, it's known as the love chapter, the most read chapter in weddings the whole way. It starts off saying love is what? Love is patient. That's the way the whole thing starts off. And then later on Paul says it keeps no record of wrongs. Love forgives again and again. Jesus continues this story as this servant who was forgiven goes out. And we continue in verse 28. 
when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. This is about 20 bucks. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. See, what's different about this story is that this guy could have paid it back. It's 20 bucks. He could have handled that. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. See, this servant did not show patience to the other servant. And this is what we do when we do not show forgiveness to those around us. This is what we do when we have been forgiven by God and then we hold a grudge or we lose our patience with those around us who have wronged us. It's what happens when someone who breaks free from an addiction, who maybe gets a year or two or three years out of that addiction, then looks back at those who are still stuck in that addiction with disgust. And says, what are you, what are you still doing? Come on, get over it. I did. Can't you do it? It's the picture of, of parents who, who get finished with their kids and just say, this is not the way I brought you up. Grow up. I've had enough of you. It's so real. I mean, it's just so difficult and it's so real. Jesus in this picture, he is saying that if you want to extend your fuse, extend the fuse of your anger, stretch it out a little bit more, then remember on a regular and powerful basis of the grace and the mercy and the love and the patience that was shown you. You keep that in mind, that will affect how you treat other people. That's so often what happens in worship. In worship is our way to remind ourselves to 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 embrace the love and the mercy that God has shown us and it makes us stronger as we flow out to those who have wronged us. It's a beautiful picture of God's grace. It's a beautiful story. But we, have, we must always remember that grace is always accompanied with truth. Grace and truth are, are twins. They are always together. The Old Testament says that God is slow to anger. It doesn't say he never gets angry. It says he's slow to anger. There are times when God gets angry. I tell you, this is where the stakes go up quite a bit. Because the king, the master in this story, gets angry. Let me read the last part of it. Because the master found out what the servant had done in not forgiving the other person his debt. Verse 32, the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as high as had had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. He owed $20 million. There's no way he could come close. This is a life sentence of torture. This is hell. We get angry, we lose our patience when we are put out, when we are inconvenienced, when our time gets affected. Usually when we get impatient, it's about me. It's about us. It's about my situation. God 
gets angry when there is an injustice happening. When someone is being oppressed. When the powerful are taking advantage of the weak. It's not about God and how he feels about the situation. It's about his love and protection over those that he loves. It's about others. You you think of the story of Jesus when he was in the Easter story, when he was uh, flogged and he was spit on and they put a blindfold on him and then would punch him and say, where did that come from, Jesus? And they were mocking him. He never got angry. He never unleashed his power in those settings. That was about what was happening to him. He remained patient, slow to anger, rich in love. But just prior to that, when he entered into the temple and he saw tables that were set up, because the powerful local folks were selling animals uh, that were not equipped for the sacrifice, selling them to poor people who would make their way in and give all that they had to sacrifice all that they could in those temple situations. People who were just coming to try to come close to God and, and redeem their relationship with God. When Jesus saw that people were making money off of these poor people with this injustice that was happening in the temple of God, He got angry, and he flipped the tables over. Let me just tell you, that story is not about Jesus coming in and saying, pat on the table, I'm angry. He flipped the tables over. He was mad. This piece here, this is, the stakes are high with this particular fruit. That's my discovery this week here. The stakes are high. This isn't just a difference between living a life that is really fun and just kind of tolerating life. No, this is a big deal. This is a big deal because when we lose our patience, when we don't forgive others, when we don't show mercy to others, this story makes it very clear that we make God angry. That might be a difficult one for our minds to, to, to get around, but we don't want to make God angry. Jesus finishes this story This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. So, just to wrap up here. If you are in a situation where your patience is being tried, where you need to show someone patience, I think this story makes it very clear that our response is not to be about us. Our response is not to be about how this is all about me. Our response is to think about what does that person need. It's about the other person. What what does that person need? Maybe that person needs a second chance, another chance, a 44th chance. Maybe it's about a cheating spouse or a lying spouse or just a rude spouse. Maybe it's a, a friend or a child or a coworker who needs another chance. And as was clearly laid out for us over here, maybe needs up to 77 chances. What does that person need? Maybe that, per- th- that person doesn't need another chance. Maybe that person needs a new plan. You know, insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So maybe it's, maybe it's about changing things up. Just prior to this story is the Matthew 18 principle where Jesus makes it very clear. If you have an issue with, your, with, with someone and you can't resolve it, you bring somebody else in to help 
resolve this. We change the plan a little bit. Maybe there's a need for a third person, an outside, a counselor, a recovery group, something like that. What is in the best interest of that other person? And then thirdly, maybe there's a need for anger. Now be very careful with this one because we naturally just jump to this one. We naturally just, I've been hurt, I'm going to jump to anger. And Jesus is cautioning us very deeply with that. And anger is not about, about how I've been wronged. Anger is about if there, is, if there has been an injustice. If someone has, is being oppressed, if the weak are being overpowered by the strong in some way, then there might be an opportunity, a need for, for anger. But be very, very careful with that one. It's likely not a part of your story. We've got plenty of things to do with giving people more chances and in changing the plan before we get to that. And let me just close once again by telling you this is not about your strength. This is not about you tightening your belt as a result of this morning going out and saying, I'm going to do harder. I'm going to forgive another 76 times. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. This kind of forgiveness, this kind of mercy, this kind of patience is supernatural. It is not something we can do on our own. It is so clear in Scripture. We cannot do this unless we are rooted in the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. When we are rooted in Him, that's how that fruit can show up on our tree. Only then can the Holy Spirit give us supernatural endurance in times where we need patience because people have wronged us. Let's pray for that power as we close up here today. Father, I know that many in this room, as a result of the last 30 minutes, have had a face popped into their mind. Maybe multiple faces, stories, people who have wronged them. Maybe people that we have wronged, God. God, I believe that your Holy Spirit meets us here and stirs up the right stuff. So God, if there is a scenario, if there is a story where we require more patience, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would provide that. That we would be free of thinking that it's all up to us in order to do that. We can't do it. We've proven that time and time again. But with the power of your Holy Spirit, we can find a longer fuse to determine if we need to give another chance, if we need to give a a new plan, or God, if we are to respond with anger that is in the best interest of those you care about. God, protect us from our impatience. Give us the strength to respond in ways that we cannot respond on our own. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Uh, thanks for coming. As, uh, as always on Sunday morning, if you would like to come forward and receive prayer, folks would love to meet with you. Otherwise, have a fabulous week. We'll see you next Sunday.